to Superman and Lois Legal Adventures. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And we're here to talk, of course, all about the CW's Superman and Lois. Season 1, Episode 13. We're getting near the end of this show, for Season 1 anyway. Uh, two episodes left. We're going to have a two-week break before we prepare for the final two episodes in August. So one last mini hiatus. But let's talk about Episode 13, Failsafe. So this episode has Superman uh, paying a visit to Morgan Edge. Meanwhile, Lois and Chrissy work together on a story. And lastly, Jonathan finds a welcome distraction during a very stressful school day. Okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. This was directed by Ian Samoyle and written by Jay Jameson and Christy Korzak. So those writers have previously written on the show. Um, I believe first time directing for Ian Samoyle. But what did you think of this episode? I think the past two episodes before this, I have mentioned how there's been so much that happens in them that they could have been season finales and there's just a lot of stuff jammed in and maybe some moments that didn't pay off because there wasn't enough time paid to them. This episode definitely pulls back the pace. This is a much slower paced uh, episode, a lot more interpersonal moments and discussions so it, it was kind of nice to see this uh slow down pace a little bit after the, the last two kind of jam-packed episodes we've had yeah i quite like the episode and i i haven't been looking around but i wonder if some fans might be using the f word to describe it i have i would not i don't like using the word filler and uh i don't think it's fair to judge something as filler until you've seen the full season to see if anything fits. But this is not plot heavy, like you said. And I don't think that's a bad thing because a lot of the recent episodes, last couple, like you said, have been. So I think it was cool to take a moment and kind of have an episode where we see where all these characters are right now, what they're thinking emotionally and all of that. Now, I, I don't know that I would want every episode to be like this, but I also wouldn't want every episode to be full on plot. So I think this was a, a pretty cool way to do it. You can't just keep plowing forward with the the towel storyline so much. I'm sure some of the things that happened in this episode were, will be very important in the last couple episodes, but it was really good to just check in and see where everything's at and also kind of scale things down smaller mm -hmm. and instead of just building and building larger threats. And one last thing, I think visually, this was maybe one of the more interesting episodes in a while. Um, so, you know, hats off to the direction and the, the cinematography and all that. But I think getting out in different locations a couple scenes was just a cool different visual thing to look at and i'm certainly not an expert on cinematography or anything like that but i think to my eye there were some cooler um some brighter lit things and some day shots and maybe some of that's just they finally filmed this in late spring early summer so vancouver had some green trees and all that kind of stuff but it kind of visually it broke things up as well as story-wise uh and I, I thought it worked really well yeah, it's like you said, I, I don't know if I put that together while I was watching it, but it, it definitely was cool to see them in some new places that we hadn't actually seen before. So that was that was something nice to see on location a little bit and not just use the old um, those handful of small bill locations that we're used to. All right. But uh, jumping right into the episode, Edge is in prison, uh, the super secure prison that he will never, ever get out of. Um <laughs> And he's he has flashbacks of training with his father. And there's a, a few different times in the episode where he he's just kind of there brooding and having flashbacks of doing this pain training with his father. And his the more I get to know his dad, the more I think that maybe he's not such a nice guy. Not Seems quite like a the perfect father. Yeah. Uh, bold but, uh, of you to say that. Yeah. I guess, what would you think of this 
I guess that they finally gave the explanation of everything from Tal, mm-hmm. more or less from the time he landed up until present day, try to describe the Morgan Edge persona. Uh, they even get into his dad telling him to go out and conquer. How, oh, I forget what he says, but basically go be a good businessman. I don't know yeah. how you get from that to to running the, to buying the Daily Planet. But did that did that all work for you, or did you like getting that backstory from Tal? Uh, it was nice to see some backstory. It's still, I mean, I, I think the Tal character is a little strange to be tied to the Morgan Edge character just in general, but it's nice to get some of that uh, backstory and explanation for, for why he's waiting. And he's he's sitting around waiting because he needs the Eradicator, so that's why he was so dormant for so long. But it does still seem seems a little strange and a little tacked on, but it's it's not a huge deal. Yeah, I don't I don't know that all of that worked. I did like that they tried to give an explanation for everything, why he's just been hanging out for almost 40 years doing who knows what. Uh, so I guess we can assume this last time, the last time for a while that he talked to his dad in the past, as I confuse the timeline here, he then went off to be develop the Morgan Edge persona and become a businessman. And then what was that, four years ago, six years ago when the Eradicator mm-hmm. landed? Presumably then that's when he figured out about the different types of kryptonite, ex-kryptonite, and that leads us up to the plot basically uh, starting in episode one of this series. Yeah. It was nice to see him through different ages as well, uh, interacting with his with his father and him him getting to play a younger version of himself. Yeah. Um, but while he's while he's having these flashbacks, Superman is there questioning him about the Eradicator and Leslie Lar. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Or there's a lot of talking about Leslie Lar and where she is in this episode. So she is uh, she's brought back in as an important character again. We haven't heard from her in a while. So I guess there's a Kryptonian named Leslie. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't sound very Kryptonian. Uh, but yeah, they, they, that kind of confirmed that whoever Leslie Lara was on Krypton has inhabited Irma Sayers, and that's what's going on here. And then, of course, Clark tries figuring out what's up with her, where is she, and all that. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the DoD is hanging around just for a while to get rid of the ex-Kryptonite, kind of clean things up after everything that's happened in Smallville. And... Clark and Lois go over the plan with the boys about how to cover, how to basically cover up what has happened. Um, and it's nice to have these little moments uh, of the whole family together discussing what it's like to be a super family now that a few episodes ago they basically promised to never have secrets from the boys again. And it's it's nice to see them holding that up. Yeah, pretty cool scene. And I guess a real look at what they can reveal, what they can't reveal, and what that's like. Uh, the boys are getting to experience what basically Clark's whole life's been like. Mm-hmm. And we do get we get to see that tested uh, a bit later, uh, but the the mayor comes over to the the Cushing's house and recommends that Kyle stays away from the station for a few weeks, but definitely makes sure that they know that he's got their back and he's going to go to bat for them and whatever other metaphor for saying that he's going to make sure that things turn out okay for them. Yeah, so it's been a rough couple weeks for the Cushing and family. It's coming down hard. Everybody's coming down quite hard on Kyle. And yeah. it's interesting how, I don't know, I thought I liked Lana's arc and I do feel bad. Obviously, Kyle probably does deserve some blame, but you do feel bad for what the Cushing families. Now they're both out of jobs. The mayor is trying to pin everything on Kyle. Mm-hmm. Now, Lana, that's, what, that's what Lana thinks anyway, at least. She's trying to pin it. He's trying to pin everything on them. So it doesn't make Mayor Dean look bad when it comes to re-election. What do you think about the whole plot with, with the Cushings? It was nice to see Lana stick up for herself uh, 
so forcefully. She, it almost feels like she has learned some of that strength from Lois from hanging out with yeah. her and becoming like, better friends with her. Lois has rubbed off on her a little bit. Yeah. So it, it was nice to see that, that moment. And I, they've, they mentioned a few times in this episode about the possibility of maybe moving away from Smallville. I, I don't know if that'll actually happen because unless maybe the Kents move away too, I, I don't know how they would keep up. Well, I guess they could keep up that storyline and Jordan would just have to commute to hang out with Sarah. But I, I something tells me they're going to end up sticking in Smallville. Yeah, I think that's probably they're probably going to stick around. I guess it does leave an out if the the actors ever want to leave the show. But I don't I don't think they're going to the Smallville is so the Kents and the Cushings are, are very important to the show. So I'd be surprised if did. Um, I think you could. I think you could get away with it, figure out ways to make it work. But I don't think that's what's going on there. But I think it's interesting that they're considering because they've never left Smallville and now Smallville is not treating them. Yeah, I think mostly it's probably just a way to demonstrate just how bad things have gotten if they're even mm. considering leaving the town that they've loved and lived in for so long. So, But it it is kind of weird. Not weird, but I think Kyle is being maybe a little bit naive about his role in all of this and how he doesn't understand how people could be so angry at him. But I mean, it was pretty bad and he was definitely the one pushing pretty strongly for it. He, he was the cheerleader for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can see what you mean with him being a little, little naive. He seems pretty focused. He's like, Hey, this guy is going to give us jobs and he's doing the right thing. So that's Kyle's all behind him. And then he finds out he's uh, maybe experimenting on people and killing them and doing who knows what else. Hey, maybe we shouldn't follow him. So yeah. I, I don't think Kyle, really has looked deeper in either of those situations really and maybe that's his one of his big flaws but he's trying to deal with it Mm -hmm. and there is still the the tension that is brought up a few times of you know they don't want him to fall into his his old ways and his old vices and he's he's definitely going through more stress than usual and we even see him like coping with it by just kind of sitting around throwing a ball at a wall but so so far he is he's sticking away from from that but i i hope that he can keep that up yeah, so it's gonna get yeah, but kind of related to this is the kids' storyline in this episode, which is kind of all connected, and we can kind of talk about together. Is Sarah doesn't want to be at school because the kids are being mean to her. Jonathan doesn't really want to be at school because everybody is asking him about. They know his grandpa is running the DOD, so they know that he must have more info than everybody else. So both Jordan and Jonathan separately kind of get. Uh, convinced to skip school and go hang out with a girl jonathan by tegan wickham the the girl that he's been interested in uh for a few episodes uh and jordan obviously goes off with sarah but has not seemed interested in him right um but so tegan yeah this storyline is kind of where we got to see all the different cool stuff i liked them going out Mm -hmm. in the woods and i don't know i thought visually the, the little bridge there and stuff it was nothing no insane backgrounds or anything like that but i thought it was just cool to do something a little bit different um, Jordan and Sarah had a nice moment where they shared, uh, how one person can change your life. I don't know if that's going to be the case for sure for Jordan going forward, but for right now it has yeah. in some way, uh, Sarah has been a big part of that and, uh, their relationship kind of continues building off of last week. And then John and Tegan, uh, you feel bad for John <laughs> again because yeah. they're, I mean, they seem like they're having a good time. They're going on a car ride to wherever having fun. And it turns out she's just kind of interested in what he knows about mm-hmm. edge and everything like that. Although I don't know if Tegan is, that's 100% of the reason why Tegan uh, asked him to leave. I don't know if that's the case or not, but yeah. that's the way John took it. 
And maybe maybe it did start as that, and maybe she will end up actually liking him. But either way, not the coolest move on her part. Um, but yeah, you do you do feel bad for Jonathan because he's he kind of seems to always get the short end of the stick in in most situations, and this is just kind of another thing to throw in the pile. It did lead to a nice moment where he came back, though. He walked home after driving with her. He walked home and had a, a very brief conversation with John Henry Irons, but basically about trying to figure out who he is and what his his role is. And he, John Henry Irons wanted to know if he was a gearhead because he liked his, his suit. Um, and he tells him, because Jonathan said, what does he say? He says, I'm, I was always just the athlete. And Irons tells him you can be more than one thing. So that that's pretty nice advice. And uh, I'm interested to see what Jonathan chooses to do. Maybe he could end up being like the tech person on this show. I don't know. He uh, has seemed interested in it for a while. You don't need it. I don't think I don't no. really need a tech guy. Dedicated a tech guy when you got Superman. But uh, no, a good moment. And it's nice to see Irons when he's not trying to murder someone. He's really likable and yeah. uh, has some good and the the other thing I skipped over was even uh, was Jonathan talking to Tegan about he dressed up as his mom for career day because he his mom was his hero. That was that was a really nice touch. Yeah. And yeah, Jordan and Sarah get caught by the sheriffs. They're in trouble because they were, I guess they were technically on private land. They didn't know that their parents even used to go there. And so they get, quote unquote, arrested, but not really arrested. They get off with a warning. Right. And seems like more kind of dumping on the Cushing's. Yeah. is some motivation for that and the Kents, I guess. Yeah, one more one more reason for the town to not like the Cushings. Uh, but other than that, Chrissy's trying to figure out how to write uh, the story or what story to write about what's happened. And she wants Lois to get an interview or a statement or something from her dad about what the DoD knows. And this is kind of the struggle that Lois goes through uh, in the episode of wanting to protect her family and not reveal too much, but also knowing that they, she needs to give the town some reason or some explanation of what happened or they're all just going to blame it all on the Cushings, basically. Yeah, so this also seems like something Lois and Clark have had to deal with a lot. Um, how much do they reveal? Because revealing too much could put them and their family at, at risk. And uh, there's a good episode of early in the days of Lois and Clark in the 90s where they discover kryptonite and that it can hurt Superman. And they wonder, is that something they should put in the news? Uh, you know, they have a conversation. Is that something they should put in the news? Because then they, if people know it exists, then they can find it and use it to kill or injure whatever Superman. Um, so I think that's a, a classic story to look at. And I, I think it's um, easy to wonder. I don't think there's a clean answer on any side because it, Lois obviously wants the truth is important. She's for the people, but also she understands the other side of it, too. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely messy. And Chrissy does not come off as a bad person at all in this episode or like that she has bad motivations or anything she's definitely trying to do the right thing and she has a lot of integrity in sticking up to to lois so it was nice to see that more from her character especially now that we know that she's going to be uh, a series regular in the next season so we'll we'll see more from her uh, but a nice little moment after that where uh, clark brings john irons a home-cooked meal it's it's fun to see clark cook and to kind of go around and i guess irons is just hanging out in their garage he lives there for now at least while they're <laughs> looking for leslie lar so he's just hanging around getting meals cooked for him by superman not sure what the long-term plan is but i also don't know where irons income comes from or anything <laughs> like that yeah uh but they do find leslie lar they track her heading to the dod she's 
basically just flying straight at it, going to crash into it, and Superman catches her at the last second before she smashes into it. Um, but So he has just a small little fight with her, and Iron steps in to help. Uh, but she says, you haven't won, Cal, even while they're tying her up and putting her in the in the prison as well. So we'll we'll see what she knows that they don't know. Wait, you think she's not really going to be locked up for good? That easy? That quick? Probably All done? Not. Oh, okay. Probably not. Yeah, I guess we'd be seeing more from Leslie, yeah. whatever Tal's plan is. Um, and while they're at the DOD, they take that opportunity to have a nice conversation with Sam Lane about burying all the weapons from 7734. So Sam basically apologizes and says he doesn't, shouldn't have that capability uh, to kill Superman. He's just going to keep enough weapons to subdue uh, Edge and Leslie Lar, but not enough to kill Superman. I don't know what the line is, but I guess they know the exact amount to keep for that. Yeah. So again, kind of like the Chrissy Lois storyline, this one, it's also not entirely clear uh, what the right thing to do is here because Clark is right away uncomfortable or not fully behind Sam burying, getting rid of all the kryptonite right. weapons and whatnot. So uh, Sam's come come all the way around. I, I was wrong, all this and that. And Clark's kind of like, well, maybe that isn't such a good thing because uh, simply you would think get rid of the weapons and then nobody can use them for ill towards Superman. But the flip side mm -hmm. of that is, well, we know there are other Superman was just possessed not long ago. Could happen again, or you could come up with something else, or there are other Kryptonians here. And what if they get loose? There's two episodes left in the season. So we know they've got another plan coming right. uh, of something, you know, the audio, uh, Sam Lane does not know there's two episodes left in the season mm -hmm. is basically the point here. So you, you kind of understand where everybody's coming from and why Clark is uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And he, I don't think right off the bat, he, he definitely is um, uncomfortable, um, but he's not as much so as he's not as convinced that it's necessary to keep weapons until after he goes and talks to Edge and Edge kind of gets into his head and talks to him about how hard it is to hold back their powers and how he could have been different if he had landed somewhere else in the world and basically how good it feels to, to let go. And so uh, that's when that's when Clark after that Clark is pretty much 100% convinced that they do need to keep the weapons. Uh, they need to keep him as a failsafe, which is the name of this episode. I get it. Yeah. Um, but Lois comes home uh, because she has heard about what Clark wants to wants to do. But first, she kind of lays down the law with Jonathan because he's in trouble. And it was pretty nice to see Lois take charge of, of this. I It's also nice and scary. I don't think I would want to be on the wrong side of Lois Lane. I already knew that, but it's, uh, it's another thing to actually see it happen. Yeah. Uh, really, really cool mom type performance from yeah. busy Zolik. lots of cool stuff there she gets very intense with jonathan and clark also uh and again yeah. she's very self-aware and knows that she feels bad for <laughs> for yelling at them but she needs to do that she she's focused yeah. on doing that because uh of lots of reasons she needs to do that but lois's main concern is that a bad guy or bad people could could get the weapons even if if they if they hold on to him, she doesn't. Basically, she doesn't trust the DOD to keep the weapons safe. Yeah, we've already, we've already seen the DOD be infiltrated by right. Tal, Tal's forces, mm -hmm. and they they continue that conversation over a few different scenes. It really does get stretched out through the episode, and it's a a big central point to uh to the, to Clark and Lois in this episode. And so they talk about it, and Clark talks about how he's had to hold his powers back, and how it felt so good to let it go, and how he could be ma manipulated again into to letting his powers go. And that's when Lois does finally agree to, to have a failsafe, but they don't want the DOD to be in charge of it. 
They want the guy they just met, John Henry Irons, to be the only person with the weapons and the authority to kill Superman if needed. I, I'm poking fun of it because they just met him, but this this is a pretty cool moment um, to see these two characters and to see Clark place that trust in him. I mean, even last episode, Irons was trying to kill Superman. Right. So <laughs> it's he's not afraid to use it. Um, really, I think the best failsafe would be somewhat in the hands of someone who Clark would not know that he has them because if he turns if he turns evil, the first thing he would do would make it so Irons could not use the kryptonite against him. But that's just a it's just a dumb nitpick thing. Um, no, it's it's cool to see Clark and Irons have move more towards that comic book relationship between the characters. Uh, I don't know that it's this is the first episode where I started to feel comfortable with it in terms of them working together and teaming up sort of stuff. I don't know. You know, I don't want the show to be a team up or anything, but I'd like to see Clark and Irons have a good, good relationship. I, I, it might still be a little, I'm curious how it goes on rewatch. It might be a little rushed going from my sole purpose in life is to kill you to sure. Let's team up, come cook me lunch and I'll hang out in your garage and be your buddy. Uh, whatever right. you want to do. It might be rushed. I'm I'm curious how I, f- I feel on a rewatch, but it is cool to see them working together and, and trusting. You. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And it's maybe not 100% earned, but it still is. It's nice to see Superman have somebody on this planet who is somewhat comparable to him um, to have that sort of trust in that relationship with somebody on this planet. Yeah, and we don't know his history or relationships with any other characters in this universe and none of them are living in his barn right now so irons has a leg up there yeah <laughs> uh, but Lois, she goes back to the smallville gazette and apologizes to chrissy and admits that she was lying to protect her dad and she hands over a statement from from sam lane to chrissy so that chrissy can go write the story it's nice to see her make up with with chrissy and understand the importance of telling some someone of the story and it makes sense for chrissy to write the story too since she's not as personally invested in it i'm sure everybody in small was pretty invested in it but her less so yeah and edge is having another flashback and he but this is where he finds out that cal's been on earth and he's he's pretty upset with his father for not telling him that for not knowing about that um but his his father says his way is the only way and that's when edge goes off and tries to find a different way and his different way i think was to team up with with cal um but we go straight from that to Edge hearing a ton of voices in his head and then basically saying that his dad's way was the only way and says goodbye, seem- seemingly dies and then opens his eyes again <laughs> and they're, they're glowing. Yeah, not Brainiac. Not Brainiac. Sam sends in the team because everything is going wonky and Edge doesn't have any vitals. Sends out a blast that breaks him out and he knocks out all the electronics and takes out a bunch of soldiers at the same time and... Uh, they they go searching for him. Superman searches for him, but they can't find him because he's on the other side of the sun, sucking in all the power. While the voices say, "Become the Eradicator." That's the end. Yeah, pretty cool, weird, interesting yeah. thing. You know, I don't know. I don't know how this is all going to work. Um, I guess if he gives into, they haven't really explained the Eradicator much on this show, and we don't know how it's similar and different to comic book iterations or anything like that. But he's apparently just by accepting that persona is able to be immune to kryptonite or mm-hmm. anything which i think is cool to so the end of the season isn't just a, a kryptonite uh being used being overused necessarily but i'm not sure quite how that the science behind that works but i, I don't ex- understand the eradicator anyway uh <laughs> in the show so um well, it's interesting i don't know what exactly that means he's 
absorbing all of I mean, is he absorbing all of Krypton with him in there uh, and trying going to try to somehow bring them all back to life still? Or what is that? Is he just taking over the Eradicator persona? How does that work? Uh, What's probably stuff we'll find out in the last couple episodes. Yeah, there's a whole lot of questions now about exactly what it means for him to be the Eradicator. But this is this is more in line with what I was assuming the eradicator would be when they first started using that word is some sort of non-living kryptonian entity that goes after superman and tries to kill him yeah which is what it seems like although if he wants to preserve krypton you'd think he might want to save superman but if superman's getting in the way of that obviously so it could go lots of different ways i'm cool they're working in the eradicator this way it's been weird at times but i think it, it, it seems cool how they're turning in the eradicator taking over here i don't know what that's going to mean for tal but i'm not really concerned about that i think it could do something cool with the eradicator yeah so presumably the eradicator and leslie versus superman in the last couple episodes yeah we're definitely not done with leslie with as much time as we've spent on her in this episode all right well that is all we have to talk about this week's episode we're going to get into a little bit of comic book stuff and previewing the next episode um but yeah so comic book stuff just to mention you know the eradicator this is more in line with the eradicator uh the way the eradicator was first introduced it actually somewhat inhabited superman uh but that is a long story that that we won't get into um but it, it's something like that uh the superman giving the keys to the kryptonite basically to irons is very similar to a big superman and batman moment it, superman dark knight over metropolis was a storyline in the 90s 1990 actually it was uh, the final ash- issue, Action Comics 654, is one of the first Superman-Batman team-ups in the post-crisis DC universe, whereas before, when they first met on that boat in the 40s, they were basically friends right away, you know, all the way through. And then this new post-crisis DC universe, they were uncomfortable with each other, did not have a friendship right away. And one of the first times they team up, it involved this kryptonite ring. There was just one kryptonite ring at the time that used to be Lex Luthor's. Uh, and Superman actually gave it to Batman and wanted him to have the power, the one person to have the power if something should happen to Superman. The Batman was the one he trusted to have the kryptonite if it needed to be used. Yeah, and that's it's cool to to see basically that same sort of story play out here. And again, we've we've already covered that it's maybe I would have preferred to see their relationship grow a bit more and to get to spend more time together, not trying to kill each other. But it's still it's still pretty cool to see this this parallel from the comics here in the the TV show. Yeah, I think in-universe is pretty cool, and it's cool to see their relationship advance that way. I don't know that we're going to see a a Batman anytime soon, um, so that wouldn't exist. But as someone who does not like when character storylines from the comics are taken and given to other characters, I am disappointed that it is that's being done here. Uh, I said the same thing. They did basically this in Crisis with Supergirl and Batwoman, if you remember. Right. Uh, Supergirl gave Kate uh, some some kryptonite so and i was disappointed to see that there at least this way they got one of the two characters one of the two <laughs> characters right it is yeah. a really cool moment and, and a big moment in the superman batman relationship so that's why it's kind of weird to see it with a, a different character um but in universe you know putting that aside it is it was a cool scene to see yeah for sure uh next episode the eradicator we got a brief little teaser as we yeah we just see leslie lar in the dod kryptonite prison i don't think she's gonna stay there forever and Lois wants to tell people the truth, and it looks like there's a rally in Smallville of, of people upset. So uh, a lot of the 
same issues we were dealing with in this episode seem to be carried over to the next episode. Yeah, whatever the the truth is. Uh, yeah. Watching this last episode, I was reminded of how misleading these promos are, or or how oh, yeah. little of the story they tell. So it's it's tough to tell what's going on. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we're I'm sure it's building up to something big for the finale. All right, that's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.